Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another issue episode of the Consciouspreneur Podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and I am your host today. And today we have the sincere pleasure of chatting with Jim Hardwick. Now, Jim has had an interesting journey into conscious entrepreneurship, and we're going to talk about that today. But he's coming to us with 38 years, at least 38 years of sales experience. And so he knows that road of like the back of his hand. Is that a fair way to describe that, Jim? Yes. And now Jim, through that process, has learned to shift into a life of significance. And for the conscious entrepreneur, that's that's why we're here. We're not here just to make money. We're here to do that too. But we're also here to have a life of significance, to have a positive impact on others. And Jim, you are demonstrating for us how we can do that and how we can have fun while we're doing it. Absolutely, Mary. It's it's uh, wonderful to be here today. And thank you for letting me join your podcast. This is great. This is so much fun. I, I had so much fun meeting you. And then we we talked about doing this podcast. And one of the things that just stuck with me in our conversations with you is that idea of play. You seem to be very playful, um, especially coming from a salesperson. Now, that's my bias, right? I've got a bias against sales that they're kind of crumundry yes. and, yes. and um, those kinds of things. <laughs> so to have this experience with you where it is about play and it is about fun, it's open, it's about creation. Um, I, I'm really excited to be able to share your story and what it is that you're creating today. So to start with, tell us... You you didn't start out creating a life of significance intentionally. Is that a fair thing to say? I would say correct um, in a sense that my wife and I, the reason I bring up my wife, because she's very integral in the story. Uh, we've always been people that have given to others, served in capacities, volunteered in all kinds of different ways, just did different things. So, But it's really flipped the last four or five years, and we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell me about your you're you're going about your your life, right? You you've got a family, you you've got work, you've got business, and the shift happens. So give us an idea of what it was like for Jim before the shift. Well, for 36 years, I was in corporate America. And so I have climbed the ladder, climbed the ladder, climbed the ladder. Um, I learned a lot. I became knowledgeable, gained a lot of wisdom. Wisdom comes with probably just because of age <laughs> as you get older, because you've been there, you've done that. And I was, um, I, uh, you know, I did, I did it all. And I moved my family all over the country to take the next promotion. I took a year off because I was, I had so much stress. I was passing out on airplanes. I couldn't function. Um, I learned from that experience, never let that happen again. Um, you grow through those experiences. Then COVID hit. And I was thinking about how quickly can I retire? I'm ready to retire, you know, and I had read a book and this is going to come all play was I'd read a book by Bob Buford called halftime. It's what you do in the second half of your life to create a life of significance, to build a legacy, to really give back, 
because when you're in 20, 30s and even the 40s, you know, you're it's just crazy um, that grandkids and I watch their families now and man, they're just going thousand miles an hour. But as you get older and you're able to then thinking about what am I going to do to make a difference in this world? I mean, an impact. And so COVID hit and I was working with an organization, a company, and I got laid off which was a, a blessing in disguise. And I'd been there 11 months and just turned around their sales organization. And I'd forgotten that they had given me six months severance if I got laid off without cause. So when they called and said, Jim, you know, we're, we're making major layoffs, but you get six months severance. It was like, okay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 11 Thank you. <laughs> I can survive. And um, so I started, uh, I found what my, what I just love doing right now. And I'm a sales consultant so I go in and help companies that are in sales pain, anywhere from a million to $50 million. Adjunct to that is I've been, like like I said, years, probably last eight, nine years looking for a life of significance. And then we had a friend come over to our house and she had just gotten back from this trip to Kenya. And um, she said, oh, you guys got to go to Kenya. It's amazing. The animals are incredible. You have to go. You have to go. And my wife, her name is Jody. Looked, we looked at each other and we're like, eh. Kenya wasn't on our bucket list. You know how some things just, it, you know, I want to go to the Middle East, not Middle East. I want to go to Asian countries, but Kenya, and we've traveled a lot, but I mean, just Africa in general, I just wasn't, it wasn't there. So she told us how great it was. And about, we said, fine. And then two years later, it came up again that we had an opportunity to go to to Africa and go to Kenya on a safari. And um, so we did it. And it was a case of, we thought it would be a one and done. Okay, we'll get the pictures, we'll get the stamp and the passport. So we went there and we went with my brother-in-law and my sister and you go flying in Nairobi. And then we you come down as you take a puddle jumper from Nairobi out to the base camp. And this base camp is connected to the Masamara. The Masamara is joins with the Serengeti. And that's where the 1.5 million wildebeest are. But as you're flying on this commuter plane of 16 pe- people, you're looking out your window and you're seeing, oh my gosh, there's elephants. There's giraffes. I mean, it's just spectacular. And you're just, you're just going. Whoosh. So you, 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 the plane lands on a dirt landing strip and you, you come down and then the, the door opens and you walk down the stairs and there's the Maasai in their traditional garb, which is the colorful reds, yellows and oranges. And they've got the jewelry and a lot of them have earrings and they got um, some of them were even holding spears. But that's really just for show that part. They do that at night for protection. But during the day, it's fine. Um, because, mind you, we're in the middle of there's animals. It's not like we're at the zoo and, oh, there's the lion king. There's the elephant cage. Oh, look how cute they are. Oh, you can look across and see zebras and all kinds of things. And it's just blown away because pretty pretty much all I'd seen out in just the wild are cows. You know, growing up in Indiana and living in Texas, wow, there's a herd of cows. Oh, there's a herd of zebras. And so it just kind of so we go on, we 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 get off that and um we go to on the safari. But a couple days later, because of the situation we had in the the connections we had, we got to tour a school was sponsored by base camp. And we got to tour a medical clinic. And this medical clinic is a 
cinder block building with two rooms. And I was in healthcare for 30 some years. And so I get it. I was in the laboratory side and I was a distributor manufacturer, all aspects of healthcare. So I, I know healthcare very, very well. Um, there's virtually nothing in this clinic. There's a physician assistant. There's a couple exam tables. And then there's some women and children sitting around. And that's about it. I mean, they just want to. And so I leave the clinic and walk out. And Derek, who's the Maasai guide, um, I asked Derek, I said, Derek, do they ever bring dental teams here? And the reason I asked that is my wife's a dental hygienist. She's been practicing for 38 to 40 years. And I said, Derek, um, is there a need for dental? And he goes, no, they don't ever bring dental teams here. We have medical teams come through, but never dental. And I said, is there a need? And he says, I got a cavity right here. And I went, my mind went, and I'm bringing a dental team back. It's just something clicked. Just there. And I've become very intentional, Mary, in my life as I've gotten older, as I've seen people pass, as I've seen people just life takes over. If I think about something now, I do it. And so my wife's standing there. She doesn't say anything, but she knows how I think. Um, we go back to the tent that night and I asked Jody, I said, and this is the pivotal question. Would you come alongside me if we brought a dental team back? Because if Jody says no, I don't, I don't have any resources. I can't do dental work. I can plan mistakes and organize, but I can't clean teeth or pull teeth. She said, absolutely. And Mary, that started what has become Hardwick Foundation. And now we, at 10 months later, we led a dental team to Kenya. Um, in the first year, we saw 191 patients in four days. And we took all our supplies. 700 different dental items, all the equipment, the portable dental units, and it was a huge success. Our goal was to take one person out of pain. And of course, 191 people we saw, we did a lot of extractions. Um, we since went back, our most recent trip was this February. We saw 261 patients and did 987 procedures in four days. And a procedure would be what you would bill insurance. Um, Two dentists extracted 136 teeth. So that's that's be careful what you don't wish for or wish for. The, the, the idea that four years before that or two years before that, we never wanted to go to Kenya. It wasn't at hearts. These people have just absorbed our hearts. And and they don't have much of anything. They make their average income is $2.74 a day. That's $1,000 a year. Um, the closest dental clinic is probably um, 60 kilometers away. And we've heard as much as $15 to clean a tooth and $5 to extract a tooth. And the reason they do it by tooth, not by the whole smell like you would do at your dentist is because they don't all have their teeth. <laughs> so they do it. But if you're making a thousand dollars a day and you need two extractions, really? You think you're going to do that when you have a family to feed for it's just difficult. So that has become our passion project. And from that, my whole world has flipped upside down into this whole serving mentality. When I do my sales consulting business, it's about how can I serve and make that company grow? How can I help them when I when I'm any time I'm on a network call or a peer group call, 
I'm constantly saying, if you need sales advice, call me. It's free. It's true. Yeah. He does say that. I've been on networking calls with him and he's always asking that question. <laughs> well, because if I can lift somebody else up, they they get lifted up. And I've got knowledge and wisdom. I can't paint, but I can tell you how to close a sale. You know, everybody's got a gift. And how do we use that gift? And Mary, something in us, quit talking in one second here. But um, one, of, one of the things people say to me constantly is, Jim, okay, I get that you go to Africa. And, you know, that's really cool. And, you know, it's very admirable. And I'm humbled by that. But I can't go to Africa and do that. And I'm going, you're missing the point of what service and what serving means. Serving means lending an ear to somebody that needs to be heard. Serving is bringing that garbage can into your neighbor that's elderly and it's blowing 100 miles an hour with a monsoon coming through for Phoenix. Opening the door for somebody. Just caring and being cognizant and aware of what's around you and being present to have that opportunity. There's opportunities to serve every single day of life if you open that up. And here's the secret about serving. It comes back to you tenfold. It's unbelievable the impact it makes on your own heart when you go to bed at night. And um I, I'm at the point in my career where I could retire and my friends are retiring. And Mary, I feel like I'm just starting. I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. I love my clients. I love what we're doing in Kenya. Um, it's just so exciting and invigorating because I came from a, uh, a world of take when at all costs, you know, take no prisoners, accomplish the mountain and the politics the and i say this a lot and people laugh the sunday blues when your stomach gets in knots because you know you have to wake up monday morning and face it all over again and when i talk about the sunday blues people go oh yeah i used to get those <laughs> yeah. and i don't have that anymore i can't wait for monday i work a lot of times i work on the weekends i'm not a workaholic but i'll spend time in the office on the weekend because i need to and i come away going oh this is so great. And that's what I aspire for everybody. And I've got, and I've got a friend that makes extremely good money. And he is miserable. And I think the problem is in America, we get so caught up on the money, we forget what life's about. And let's say he takes another job and makes $75,000 less. I think he can probably still eat, eat and pay his bills for the kind of income he's making, but yet he'd be so much happier in life. And I, I just, I'm past that. I'm past doing something that isn't passion filled or that I don't want to do because, you know, life's too short and it's getting shorter every day I wake up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Every day. It's, it's a little bit shorter. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for the long, long diatribe there, but that kind of, that's who I am and that's where I'm heading. And I want those, I want anybody that wants to feel that or, or if anybody I can help to understand what that is, please call me. Yeah. I love sharing. Let's dive into this story a little bit. There, you, you've, get, you've given us little um, hints along the way and I don't want those hints to be overlooked. So one of the things that I heard you say at the beginning when I asked you, you know, 
who were you before you made the shift? And you, and I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, but you said, I've always been looking for a life of significance. We always volunteered. We always served other people. That's always been a value for us. So I want the listener to hear that you don't just wake up. It's possible. Let's say it's possible to just wake up one day and and I've got this big shift. And now I'm going to go from who I was to this person who is all about service. That's probably not going to happen. So I want those listeners who might be in their 20s and 30s and 40s who have in the back of their mind, I want to create this life of significance, but I'm still figuring out who I am. I'm still figuring, I'm still, you know, finding my feet in my career. I'm I'm starting a family that there's so much else going on and that's okay. Like to me, that's where your energy should be. And yet you can still have this intention that plays in the background that says, I'm here for service. Because then when your friend comes over and says, oh my gosh, you got to go to Kenya. This is the best thing ever. You don't know why you say yes, but you say yes. Yeah. Right. And then when you're there and and you said, you know, we, we got to do this tour. I don't know how many, I'm not experienced with safaris at all, but it surprised me that a tour of a school or a health clinic would be part of a safari. Is that standard? No, but there's a there's a much more detailed story on okay. the people we're with and the connections we had. And Base Camp Explorer is a safari camp that really gives back to the community. And they have a lot of philanthropic programs. And part of that is they had they sponsor have built a school and then they sponsor also build a clinic. And so because of our inside connections, which is kind of a, a separate whole story, we, we were able to do that. But just think about that, Mary. If I would have just gone on a regular safari, would I be talking this story today? I doubt, it. you know, it's funny how those things get in place. And I want to go back to what you're saying in the twenties, thirties and forties. I'll never forget when as a young child growing up in Indiana, we, my parents and everybody's got good hearts, right? But my parents, we would adopt a family in downtown Indianapolis. And I'll never forget on a Christmas, we brought all these Christmas toys into this house it was a it was a decent sized house but it was in the inner city african-american community and we walk in there there's nothing there's a couch there's a christmas tree there's nothing and i probably was eight years old and i got it we got the the boy at johnny lightning car set you know i remember this i'm 61 years old now and you know you don't know what impact things like that do to have that life of service or intention that breeds that back. I share that story is because when we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, when you have an opportunity to to do it yourself, embrace your kids, give back, go to the food bank. Um, I've done St. Mary's Food Bank here in Phoenix. I, I spent a morning there and it's it's it's, it's just amazing because you get to change your perspective of what's important in the world versus I got to have more. I got to have more. And I get it. It's not easy in life. You need a job, you need a house, you need insurance. Those things all come and those things we work so hard for, but those aren't things that to me fill my heart. And I've sacrificed and I've moved my my family all over this country to get to the level where I was, we, we've lived a very comfortable life. We're not rich by any means, but we live a comfortable life and we've never gone without food. 
But what really fills my heart is when you know that you made a difference in somebody's life. Right. Can I give another example? Please do. Let me just say that this whole life of significance, like this is the conscious entrepreneur. This is the heart of the conscious entrepreneur, right? Versus somebody who's just in business just to churn and, and make money and generate a profit. I mean, okay, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to try not to judge that just because my heart is so much into this conscious entrepreneurship, right? Where we, we lead with that purpose. And I will tell you, leading with that purpose, we're much happier than the person that only chases the money. Because no matter, matter how many cars you have, how much money in the bank, if you don't have a basis of purpose, right, miserable. Right. Because it's so transactional then. Right. And there's, there's a lot of people that have a lot of money, but they don't want to go out and do the work, but they give. And that's wonderful too. There's all ways to serve. There's people that have millions and billions and they're able to give that money and to help provide people that want to do the work that maybe they can't do, or maybe they're not inspired to do, but they're inspired to do it financially. And I honor those people. That's their act of service to give to people that are those conscious entrepreneurs and to, to make the world better by their gift of fine, the financial end. So when we talk about people and money, money, not all people that have a lot of money are it's negative situation. Those people and many, many wealthy people are very, very um, giving and really support activities. I mean, they're just fantastic. It's incredible. And that's what enables people to go out and serve the world. Yes. Right. And and that's why we're sharing this story as well, because once we know that this has been done, we know it can be done. Right. It, it once it's been done once, if that's what our calling is, even if it's not to start open a, a dental clinic anywhere else on the planet. But if we can take what you've learned from that experience and we can go open a dance clinic or or whatever it is, our heart says, Jim did this. I can do this. Oh, trust me. If we can do it, anybody can do it. And we didn't know what we didn't know. Fortunately, my wife and I are both A personalities. So we, I was on a podcast a year and a half ago, and it was a nonprofit type of podcast. <clears throat> and this gentleman said, Jim, do you realize there's like one half of 1% of people that, that envision doing something like this actually ever execute on it? And I'm thinking, thank heavens, I didn't know that. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's what you put your mind to, what you focus on, you will achieve. Right. And I love that, Mary, what you just said about a dance clinic or whatever, um, dog rescue. Um, it, it can be small. It doesn't have to be huge. But if you focus on it and you're passionate about it, I guarantee you, unless the sky falls out of the stars fall out of the sky, you're going to make an impact and you'll succeed some way. And, it, and if it's a utter failure, guess what? You just succeeded in learning of what not to do when you try it again the next time. So exactly. there's ways we can think about that. Right. You know, always just because we failed, we think, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. No, that's part of the learning curve to get to where we want to be. Um, it takes time. It takes hard knocks. It, all those things add up to make you. And when you have a heart, 
of compassion in that service, very few people are going to say, oh, boy, that person's a jerk. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't come in the same language. You're <laughs> right. Mary, she is so kind, and all she wants to do is help others. Man, don't don't be around Mary. Right. You know, people want to be around those kind of people because it's 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 just there. There's an energy, and I hope to think that my wife and I give that energy. Um, and it's 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 fun to be a part of that um, and to feel that it is. And and I love this contrast too of. Or, or this experience of, of recognizing the the energy, right? So using me as an example in this case, you said, you know, um, I love the the being around Mary and then somebody else can say, well, you know, Mary's such a jerk, right? The thing is, and, and I I would love just to point out on here is that in the past, I've, it was the flip, right? So the flip was the, the, the energy was Mary's kind of a jerk. Right. But then Mary sometimes does and says nice things. And I couldn't figure out as a leader, why aren't people just buying into that I do and say nice things? Why is that not catching on? And, and now I've, I've realized that it is that energy part, right? It is that default uh, part of how are we looking at the world? Because at the time I was looking at the world very defensively, like that dog eat dog world. I've, I've, I've got to kind of push you down or for me to step up. Um, and, and I will say this, I feel like I need to say this every time I tell this, these kinds of stories, is that I knew better. I knew better. I knew how to lead and not boss. And yet when I had the opportunity, the first thing I did was start bossing. And so that to me, that's the work that I do now, is helping people to shift from that energy from being really super defensive and closed and narrow into the space that you are describing, which is that creation space where there it's open, it's collaboration, you see opportunities because you would not have seen these opportunities that these little decisions that that happened along the way would not have happened for you if you were in that defensive mindset because yeah. your vision would have been like this, right? Super narrow. You had your blinders on to keep yourself protected. But you're well, out of that. You nailed it. There's a difference between leadership and being a manager. When you lead, you don't have to manage. Exactly. It's so much easier when you lead and people make it so hard. And that was a big thing with COVID is there's a lot of people that, that were managers and all of a sudden they're, they're people. We're not going to be in their eyesight. And how right. can, how in the world can I manage people if I can't see what they're doing every minute? Well, you hired them. You mean you don't trust them? Empower them to do the right job. And, They've got no, they've got a job to do. If not, then you make a change. It doesn't matter if they live on Mars, they work in Illinois, or they work in India. It's they've got a job to do, and that was a big transition for a lot of people. And I think that's one of the best things that's happened with COVID is it's made people become to learn how to lead, not manage. And some of those people haven't been able to make it through. Um, I always, when I manage, and I think people, I don't have time to micromanage. I always tell people when I hired them, I don't have time to babysit. Here's what you need. I'm going to give you the training, the knowledge, and we're going to support you. I'm going to break down the mountains in order you be successful. And I'll be there every step of the way. You've got to do your job and here's what you have to do. And if you can do it three days a week, fantastic. If it takes you six days a week to make your number and in sales, it's all about the number, right? Then you're going to be working six or seven days a week, but you're not going to hear from 
you know, as far as me is, where were you on Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock? Are you kidding? I don't have time for that. You know, I don't care. Let's come together. You know what you're supposed to do. You're an adult. You have family to feed. Go get the job done. And I would say probably majority of people like that type of management style because I was there to help them be successful, not to tell them all the things they're doing wrong. Right. We can always talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so, yeah, I, I love that. And I love how you learned it's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it, and you, know, you hear people, these horror stories, oh, this person's a terrible manager and everybody leaves. And when's the company going to finally realize? Well, the sad thing is good people do leave, but the good thing is eventually somebody realizes you know, we've seen it so many times in our careers, but it's sad. sad. And a lot of people hire the wrong people to be managers. There's a difference. I mean, leaders, there's a difference just because you're the number one sales rep. And I'm talking about sales here. So sales rep in the region, in the country doesn't mean you can manage. Right. Right. And that happens so often. It could be the third or fourth guy or man or woman that is the much superior when it comes to those skills. So exactly. You know, so one of the other things, and when you're talking about the experience of COVID, right, and and leading and managing in COVID and the micromanaging, and this experience that you just also described in terms of, you know, I'm not a workaholic, but sometimes I work over the weekends. I've been playing around with this idea about I'm I recognize how my brain likes systems, right? And I like to compartmentalize things. And I've realized how much. I have compartmentalized there's living and then there's work and work happens between these hours on these days. And then my living happens outside of that. And for me, that's not some, that's not a way I want to live anymore. Right. I've got this awareness now that um, I don't want to just compartmentalize, but I think again, what we're talking about here, when we're talking about work is our passion, maybe that is that middle road between work and living we're, when I'm doing my work, it is my passion. So it's, it's almost like it's not work. And that's what I heard you describe. It's exactly right. It's not work. I I'm inspired, you know, and, and part of what I do is because when you're on your own, your own business, you got to keep marketing yourself. So like I have a newsletter and I always write uh, an article in my own newsletter, which is the newsletter or sales letter. It's kind of produced by somebody else, but I write my first article. Because I like to show vulnerability and I like to have people think of things, you know, think about this. And so that takes time. I'm, I'm working on another company that takes time to build. Um, but I'm investing in myself. I'm not working to invest in some other corporation that probably doesn't care. And as soon as there's a rift, we're all out the door, no matter we sacrificed our lives for this company. We work days and weekends and then all of a sudden there's we didn't hit our stock numbers so they let go 25% of the organization and people are going what yeah how did I get this I gave my right arm for this organization that's the problem whereas when you do it for your and not everybody can work for themselves but everybody can find what their passion is and drive to that passion and there's some situations where you're stuck and you have to continue that work and you might be miserable. Here's what I, I challenge you. Find a passion project that even though you're miserable during the day, be until you can find and seek refuge to another organization because they're out there. 
find something that really drives you and you're passionate about. So then when you're at work, besides wallowing in the frustration of, I can't stand being here, you can, you can waller into the positive of, man, this weekend, we're going to do this, this, this. We're going to have a clothing drive. We're going to have a food drive. We're going to take care of these dogs. We're going to do this. We're going to fix bicycles for the needy. We're going to do this. And you just can't wait because you're going to, yeah, this weekend's going to be awesome. And then when you have to get back on Monday. You're going to go, that's a good week, weekend. Okay. I can. And that's how you can get through it until you can find. I guess my, my point is don't settle. We settle and we just get into this. Woe is me. I need the paycheck. I hate everybody I work with. And we're just easier just to settle. And I've given up. Well, guess what? You're getting exactly what you want. Yes. It's such a self-fulfilling loop. And it doesn't need to be. No. Just get a spark. If anybody's on this phone call or, I mean, this podcast listens, call me. I'll light the spark. I'll give you ideas. I'll give you instruction. I will give you motivation. I will, whatever you need to help think about the business in a different way. Um, let, let me, can I, I, this is an example I want to come back to. This weekend, my wife and I were at a wedding in Colorado Springs. And so on Sunday morning, before we headed to the airport, we went to this breakfast place and this young gal waited on us. And, and we said, do you live, you live here? And she goes, well, I'm just back for the weekend. I'm a college student, but I grew up here. And I said, Oh, really? And I said, what are you studying? She goes, communications. And she goes, my, all my roommates and stuff said, that's a horrible degree. And I'm just wasting my time. And I looked at her and said, well, I was a communications major. And let me tell you, what's important is you get your degree. Unless you're going to be a doctor, an architect, or an engineer, just, and there's other ones, just get your degree, then figure out what you want to do in life. And her roommate's a kinesiologist and her roommate's is studying like 24 seven. And this gal has a life in college because yes, communications, it can be as hard as you want it to be. And you do have to study, but it's not a science degree, right? Which is, I'll tell you, I was a communication major. I didn't work as hard as people that went to lab every afternoon. I said, just, you're doing great. Get the degree and then figure out. And then I, I gave her some more tips and some more, input and I gave her my card and said, if you ever have a question, call me. And, you know, when I talked about earlier about how you put yourself in those positions to serve, yeah, she was, she would, she just, it was like, oh, I just needed to hear that. I've just been feeling so bad about what I'm studying. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? And I'm living proof that you can have a career in a family in a roof of your house, house with a communications degree. And, and I told her, I said, if they're speaking, public speaking, make sure you take that. Because the number one thing that people dread most in the world is public speaking. You know what the number two thing is? Death. <laughs> it so comes after. Die than public speak. So I said, if you can speak in public, you can do anything. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. I don't, I'm nervous about that, but I'll do it. So Mary, it's just another example of if you're present. And you open yourself up ways to serve. And that's just a small story. But I think I was able to make that impact on that young gal's life. And hopefully that will resonate with her. She's settled now. And it's and I'm not trying to say, well, look at me. What I'm trying to say is 
Be intentional. Be aware and put yourself out there. And it, it's it's just it's just fun. <laughs> Maybe that's the the one word about creating a life of significance. You know you're there when you're having fun. And you're you're having a positive impact on people. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. I have been the opposite where I could hardly hold on to because I was so stressed out and I could hardly hold on to my existence. And I would inside and I was um very emotional and st- stress had just consumed my life. I would sit on a couch for an hour and just look at a blank wall. My family would talk to me. I couldn't even hear. I'm the guy that has been full circle. And I've dealt with that. I've dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with those things. And I share that because when you get the tools and get the, you seek the help, you can get through that. And so many people suffer from that. And it's a horrible way to be. And I can empathize and sympathize with anybody that's going through that because I've walked the valley of hell. And it's hard. It's so hard. But you can get through that. And I, I like to share that because hopefully I'm inspirational enough to show you there's positive outcome and there's a way to change that mindset and get back on track. And I learned a lot from that. And I took a year off. It was it was amazing. And I'll never let myself get that way again, ever. Because now you know, right? And now you know how to shift, make those shifts. Yes. What I learned from that, this is great, is when, when I went back into management and I'd have people come into my office and just bitch and moan about their job and all. And I would look mm-hmm. at him and I would say, you know what? If the pain is too great, you need to leave. You need to quit. Why are you? And you know, People never hear that. Right. The manager tell them to give them a free card to go seek other job because they're going to might be happier elsewhere. And I'm not pushing them out the door, but I'm saying if it's disrupting your life, because I've been in that situation, then you need to go seek another career because life, life, you don't need to live that way. You're miserable to your family. You're miserable to yourself, your friends. Go find a new job. And it's yeah. amazing how many people quit complaining and sometimes then start looking at how can I make this better? How can I change my attitude and change the company? And then some of them left and it was better. I'm glad because they have better lives today. And I was excited to move on. Whereas a lot of people will say, no, you need to stay. You know, we believe in you. You're great. And we'll fix this. No, no. A lot of times in corporate, you can't fix it. No, you can, but it's too big a machine. So go find a place you're happy. Exactly. You know, everything that you are just describing here is exactly the kinds of of challenges that I help my clients uh, overcome, right? So when you're talking about having that mindset of of being caught up in the stress where your your body is now physically um, expressing the, the stress uh, that you've been hanging on to. And before that, it was impacting your relationships. And before that, it was impacting your your wealth. Um, and before that, it was just impacting your ability to have enjoyment, to, to experience joy. You know, when I hear you talk about sitting on the couch, you, you know, oftentimes I'll, I'll hear this from clients like, well, I didn't talk to my my spouse or my partner about this because I'm protecting them from this. 
And, and they'll describe why I'm sitting on the couch and I really can't talk to anybody. I'm like, who, what are you really protecting them from? Because you're shutting yourself out. You're withdrawing. And by the way, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate strategy to take when something bad has happened. You should withdraw. The problem is when we get stuck in that and we don't know how to now come back. What are we taking ownership for? Right. Because we, there's, there's so much juiciness in being a victim sometimes. Right. Versus, am I willing to take responsibility? As you were just saying about someone, you you could say, you know, if this isn't the right spot, go find someplace else that is. You're opening the door to those possibilities and for taking responsibility. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Open the door to possibilities. Yeah. Instead of doing the victim. Exactly. Wow. We should write that on a billboard. I like, I was going to say t-shirt, but billboard is nicer, right? But but Jim, and again, I I think that all of this is just talking about how we build this life of significance. We can't do it when we're stressed out. We can't do it when we have to shut ourselves off and protect ourselves from what's happening around us. We've got to move into that space where creativity and and we take ownership for our experiences and we want to have fun. If I could share real quickly, because Please. I know we're getting Get close, close to um, I created a new company called Magnificent Significance. And we, I will be taking business owners, C-suite executives, presidents of companies, um, people in leadership positions to Kenya on a retreat, not dental, but on a retreat. And it's about embracing your servant's heart to elevate your business. And it's everything we just talked about. And it's about serving and giving back and how do you reignite your passion? A lot of business owners are just burnt out. And when I do speaking, I say in front of business owners, I said, when's the last time anybody's ever told you you've done a good job? Not one hand goes up. And so um, I spent the last year writing content. I have four stages, 16 different sessions I will be giving. So um, this, they're going to, the people will be coming along to a transformational lifetime blow your mind experience to one of the top safari camps in all of Africa safaris all day. We're going to have two hour sessions to talk about these things. One of the things you talked about. And one of the things I wrote about is you have to be centered mentally and physically. If you're not, how do you lead? How do you serve? If you can't even get out of bed in the morning, how do you serve? If you're so unhealthy, you can't even function mentally and physically. So I talk about those. I talk about how big is your willingness to listen. You know, there's a there's a whole bunch of different things I'm I'm dealing with. How to build trust and create vulnerability. Well, we're going to do those sessions throughout the savannah. So we're going to be all African trees, and you'll be looking out over the zebras. And the beauty about this is, it's just not Jim Hardwick talking. It's going to be eight of us sharing our stories and coming together, and. What I love about this, a lot of people want to go to Africa. They, they're it's intimidating. It's a big, it's a big sure. time. Sure. The second thing is you're going to have time to reflect and do some deep reflection on who you are as a person. Um, because when you're on safari, you're watching animals. You might sit there for an hour and just watch lions, and it's just you can just sit there and really take in the moment. Then you get 22 hours to fly home, and so you're <sighs> going to be. To think about what just transpired versus if I did the same thing at the Holiday Inn Express and after the seminar you run home and now the kids are there or we got to go into the 
restaurant with our friends and the life takes over and the water heater broke. It's just like, when you have time to decompress. And so I'm kicking it off in the next 30 days. And my first trip will be 2023. And I'm just so excited to have people get to experience what I get to experience and come back re-energized in understanding what it's about and means to serve and to, to give back. That sounds super powerful. And and I love how, how intentional you are about the details. Even just talking about the detail of coming back in the 22-hour flight, it's time to integrate, right? Because we don't give ourselves time to integrate the new and what we've learned. That's why lots of retreats and, and workshops don't work. Because we we come back and we're the same person we were when we went. And I'm not stopping when we come back. We're going to be creating masterminds with these same people. It's like going to summer camp. Once you go to summer camp, yeah, you love right? it. We're going to have a chance to be together in another country, in a third world country, around surrounded by wild animals and the indigenous Maasai people. If you can't bond on a trip like that, yeah. I don't know what you can do. Right. Back, it, the, the key is to hold each other accountable, and we'll continue that over time, over as long as people want to. So, I just uh, just thank you for letting me share my story, my vision, my dreams, and really how much gosh darn fun I'm having. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And Jim will have more of his story in the second issue of the Consciouspreneur magazine that will be coming out in October. Um, so if you haven't already subscribed to that, get on our subscription list so that as soon as that drops, you will uh, have access to Jim, the rest of Jim's story. Because unfortunately, we can't do the whole thing here. <laughs> no, this is great. I can't believe how fast time flies. I, I can talk to you forever, Mary. Thank you so much. So before we go, how can um, a listener get in touch with you either about your um, sales um, coaching and or the retreat that you're offering? Yeah, I think the easiest way right now, I'll give you two things. My phone number, 623-451-1080. And I'm fine to give that out. Uh And the other, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Jim Harper. And there's all my contact information also. Or you can get a hold of me at J. Hardwick at salesacceleration.com. And instead of an E for acceleration, you need to put an X in there. Okay. Get rid of it, put an X. So Jim Hardwick at salesacceleration.com. But on LinkedIn, it will show my three different organizations that I'm involved with. There's a line on my banner, so you can't get confused. You'll see a line on my banner, but that's the that's it will give you all my information there. Beautiful. Well, well Mary, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been an absolute joy um, sharing this time with you. And I'm really grateful to know that we will continue our collaborations into the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high achieving, impact focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. 
After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.